Good evening, and welcome to the NASCA Stop Child Abuse Now Blog Talk Radio Show. NASCA is the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is uh, Victoria Kelly, and I'm your host for this evening. And we are on scan number 3268. And I'm excited to introduce to you our special guest this evening. However, first, I'd like to say that we have a single purpose here at NASCA, to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas and neglect, and we do so with only two goals. One, educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse and presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. And number two, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Again, we are on scan number 328, and if you'd like to be part of the panel this evening, please call in at 646-595-2118, and my co-host or myself will meet you on the back line and ask if you'd like to ask a question or have anything to say. We have, we'd love to have you join us and support our guests. Now, our special guest this evening is uh, Pastor Deborah, um, and uh, hello, Pastor Deborah. Hello. How are you this evening? I'm pretty good. How about you? Oh, I'm doing okay. Yeah, it's you and I, and we also have a, a call in um, on uh, on hold as well. And so maybe All I right. can bring you her can on. Go ahead. Yeah, uh-huh. go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Hi there. Hi. No. Um, what was your name again? Lori, Lori Purcell. Lori. Oh, nice, nice that you could come on tonight. Um, so Pastor Deborah's on, and she usually has a a, a topic, and uh, but we can uh, um, keep the lines open, keep the mics open, um, and have a somewhat of a discussion. That's okay, Pastor Deborah. Yeah, that's good. Okay. I'm filling in for somebody, so I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, you're on your you're the special guest tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you could come well, on. Thanks for. Yeah, I do have some topics that are dealing with healing from the trauma, and I sort of got okay. an ABC of it. Okay. And so sure. when people are seeking healing, okay, at whatever age, some people do seek it as in childhood. The number A one is what are the stages that if you're a parent or a friend or a spouse or the person, what are the stages you might go through with healing? Then how is it done, both in the mental health world and we'll say through spiritual ministry work, which I do, 
And then the C part, the third part is, who will I be The healing comes? Because many people spend their lifetime in a victim identity or uh, with many different, we'll call them personalities, identities, and they don't know who they will be when they're sort of healed. And it's an unfamiliar identity versus the victim identity. So those were the topic areas I was going to talk on and uh, bring up. Um, I'm very topic-oriented so that people can, you know, think about things and ask questions because we know the listeners, they're all along the line of their healing journey and some of them are just getting started by telling their story. Some are in the process of just getting used to that and recognizing the abuse happened. Some might be uh, trying to deal with, as you did, Victoria, drug and alcohol issues first and trying to get a handle on that so they can even just their mind clear. And then other people, 30, 40 years down the road, and they might still be uh, in the healing process. So I just wanted to talk about those topic areas about healing from trauma and mm-hmm. what are some of the things. So I'll leave it to you to uh, see if there's anybody online or, or do whatever well, you Lori, want to do right now. Lori, do you have uh, anything you'd like to ask or want to discuss uh, with those yeah. ideas? Oh, tonight? I def I have one. I don't. I didn't check to see what it was like. And I've had this this subject going on for a while. Um, the kids. It's always the kids with me. And in the early stages of abuse, nobody is allowed to go into the locker room where they change for gym or the shower, mm-hmm. even the bathroom and whatnot. That's mm-hmm. where a lot of this abuse starts. Uh I believe that there should be at this point a guard right in the bathroom while these people have to do what they got to do and keep them safe and then let them out. So any which way to get that going is definitely uh, worthwhile. Typically how the school system works with, we'll say, athletes, I I never was one, is that you have, you know, a a coach of that sport or a PE teacher. And, of course, they've gone to college. And I do not know if the rules for the showering place and the bathroom, who sets them? I don't know if it's the principal, if it's the school board, if it's the coach. Uh, You know, there's a lot of issues now with transgenders coming in and uh, that kind of thing. So you would first have to do some research into that. I don't know if there's national standards through the Department of Education you would have to check out or if there's, like, different sporting uh, organizations like volleyball versus uh, cheerleading, okay? And who sets the bathroom uh, or the showering rules for that particular school? 
And what I've learned just by watching the news here lately is that within a city or a county, they have individual school board members who are elected. They have a lot of power. They make a lot of stuff. I don't know if they're the ones that are setting those rules, if the principal does, or if it's set down by state law. You'll have to do some research into that to find out who is writing the administrative guidelines for bathroom facilities, you know, that kind of thing. We know in some businesses you have outside, you have like a bathroom, either male or female, but they can also have it where it's um, either, you know, sort of a family one and you just kind of go in and you lock the door and stuff. So in the desire to protect the children in that situation, an advocate would have to do a lot of research, look at a lot of state laws, understand uh, how that laws and those things are decided. Uh, then they have to, you know, there's a big fight right now that's going on from the transgenders saying, we, I feel like I'm a girl, but I have a male body. But I'm going on my feelings, and I want to be in with the girls because I feel like I'm a girl. This is really going been, on? Yes. This is, my niece's daughter is transgender, and I was wondering how she was handled uh, in the gym or any other kind of place. Uh, okay. Her. How it's how. Okay, how it's handled in education system, uh, universities, in that area where you get changed and you shower and you change clothes, you would, as an advocate, okay, for child abuse, you would have to do some research into uh, maybe court cases. There have been some into some things that you were going to read a lot. You're going to learn a lot about who decides, uh, who makes the legal decision that this is the females and this is the males. Is that backed up by law, state, federal? And you have to, an advocate who wants to address this, you're going to spend a lot of time studying newspapers, judicial systems, lawsuits that have come up. You're going to be doing a lot of research to get a handle on what's happening. you got to have statistics, how many times there has been child abuse reported. Uh, who is responsible for uh, this? Is it the school board? They've had a thing where a man attacked the somebody in the school board because their daughter was sexually assaulted in the bathroom by a transgender. And they didn't, the school board, the principal, the guidance counselor did not report it to the parents. There's a lot of power that goes on in the school system. A lot happens that the parents don't know about. And the, and the school board decides this and the principals decide this when they got, and some of it's done by law at the state level and the county. So an advocate who wants to address this 
You're going to have to get some statistics. You're going to have to be familiar with lawsuits. You're going to have to spend some time so you understand the system, what's currently going on. You have to be very knowledgeable. It's sort of like a mission that you are on, and you're going to enter a war zone. So you had better be tough, educated. You better be ready to fight verbally with knowledge and information and be educated. Just wanting something to happen, wanting some changes does not get it done. You're going into an area where children are um, sort of already down, they're overpowered, rules apply, there's cover-up, there's coaches happening, okay, blah, 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 there's, uh, and the kids are afraid to come to the, the gym teacher, the school teacher, the principal, they sweep it under the rug, afraid to tell their parents, okay, stuff happens. And then you have, you know, there's cases where you're having transgender sent to women's prisons, and they're getting women pregnant, but they say they're not female. And, you know, blah, blah. So whatever area you choose to want to make changes in or have addressed, you have to be a good talker, dress professionally, have a lot of contacts out there, be up to date with every news article, be in contact with a lawyer, be in contact with an advocacy group that's fighting for this, know your state law, be a well-educated person, and then you have to be tough because you're entering into a war that's fighting, that's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy the children for the next generation and take innocent ones and turn them evil and wicked, destroy them, pervert them. And if you are not tough, just being a wonderful, wonderful person who cares about children of abuse, wanting to make changes is not going to cut it out there in that world. There's wolves, lions, and bears, and you have got to be very tough, be knowledgeable. You may have to get up and say, I'll see you in court. you got to have money behind you. You gotta have lawyers behind you, and you have to be ready to battle. Does that help you, Miss Lori? Well, on that side it does. But I was looking at what's going on in her head, her feelings, um, okay. the effect that the abuses had taken. Because she took a year off from school; she was homeschooled. Okay. This is the COVID thing. She chose to do that because she was okay. being so badly bullied, and she's a a sweet, kind person. So I'm wondering what kind of okay. effect is this having on her? Okay. Okay. When you are a sweet and kind person, and even at home you get abused, as you know, the world is an abusive place. Sweet, kind, innocent, wonderfully personality people are going to be attacked. Because the enemy of sweetness and kindness wants to destroy that. Okay? There's an enemy out there. And they want to destroy that person and turn them into an evil, wicked, hateful, 
jealous, filled with fear and terror. Okay? Parents are not knowledgeable. I had to take to work in the licensed clinical mental health counseling field, child development. How many parents have had child development courses in high school? How many parents, I I made a comment just today on LinkedIn, parents don't even know the emotional development of a child. They don't even know that their own childhood, the parents, and the home life are the first groomers of human trafficking, the first abusers of the children, grandmas, grandpas, their lives that they had, the parents, they are the first, if they're ignorant of what's going on in the world, and they just think they can, it's a lovey-dovey, wonderful, sweet kind, and you can, and they are not preparing their child to battle that. They are not preparing their child for life. Parents are the first groomers. They're the first educators. Their life is, I think I've talked to Victoria about this. They have discovered that when a child has childhood adverse experience, your parents divorce. You're a single parent. You are stay at home in isolation. And your parents are loving and kind and wonderful. That does not help you in the real world. You don't have knowledge of what waits outside the door. The home life of a, I've had the home life of a child is the first area where the child gets knowledge, wisdom, is bullied, disciplined, taught, prepares them. The parents have to prepare their child while they're protecting them to leave home and do battle out there. Most parents are very ignorant of child emotional development. They know nothing about transgender. They know nothing about the LGBT. They know nothing about what is going on. They don't understand politics. They just get their kids in sports because I want them to get this. They don't understand the emotional development through puberty of children. They have no not. They don't talk about it. They don't understand a lot. A lot of parents are into witchcraft. They're into 